Truth Espresso, episode 190. Face it, we all would rather sleep in this morning. <sighs> That's why God gave us espresso to kickstart our zombified corpses into hyperdrive. And now, giving your mind and soul the morning shot of truth it craves. This is Truth Espresso with Daniel Minnick. Hey there, friends, family, foes, and lurkers alike. Welcome to this episode of Truth Espresso. I am your host, Daniel Minnick, and I have with me my sweet and beautiful wife and co-host, Chelsea. And we are going to talk about happiness and joy in this episode. Sounds like a lighthearted episode. (laughs) Sounds like something we can just kind of get into. It shouldn't be too much of a downer, but I'm going to see what the Word of God might help tell us about how we should think about joy and compare happiness with joy, at least as we can take the word joy to understand how the Bible would instruct us as Christians to have joy. And, mm-hmm. and so ready to do this with me, sweetheart. I am ready, like always. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) So, I was trying to figure out what these terms mean in English, and what better place to go than an English dictionary. So, I found the word happiness from Merriam-Webster's Dictionary Online, and the first two definitions... So, number A, number A, letter A, says, A state of well-being and contentment. So it means present tense, a state, like either things are good or you feel good, (laughs) or both. And B is a pleasurable or satisfying experience. So that's happiness. So happiness is a state of well-being or contentment or experiencing pleasure or satisfaction. (laughs) But it also had the word joy in it. Now, I looked up the word joy, and it seems to be like an intense feeling of happiness or Mm. stuff like that. I didn't write it down in my notes, but I kind of was somewhat disappointed because it seemed like these two were synonyms. So that's where we're going to be the dictionary on this episode and define the terms according to our purpose. (laughs) So, anything stand out to you, sweetheart, with the definition for happiness that we just read? (laughs) You have a comment to make, too, otherwise? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was just thinking about the definition you read, and (laughs) it seems that as Christians, there is a difference between joy and happiness, and Mm. I think that that's where possibly the dictionary is kind of missing the depth of what joy means versus happiness. Mm. And (laughs) I mean, the first definition that you read of happiness seems to go a little more with what I was thinking joy is. And then the second definition of happiness that you read, was kind of what I was thinking happiness Mm. would be. (laughs) I mean, so the first definition, a state of well-being and contentment. Now, 
course, we had defined what those terms mean. What does well-being mean, according to the dictionary? But well-being, it would seem like your current conditions are favorable to your existence there. And <laughs> well, I'm thinking of it from the perspective of, okay, your state of well-being as a Christian, you know that your state of well-being is secured in mm. heaven in eternity because you belong to Christ. So it's almost like, all right, you have that hope, you have that contentment Mm -hmm. because you know that you are Christ and that the world is not our home. Mm -hmm. We're just passing through (laughs) that. We can look forward to something like Mm -hmm. we have something grounded in Jesus Christ. And I think that that's where there's a difference between a Christian and a non-Christian and having joy because (laughs) you have that security, that knowledge that contentment, that well-being, because mm. you belong to Christ. Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking with that part. <laughs> yeah, good points there, sweetheart, because I think the dictionary, of course, originally Webster's dictionary was, you know, written by a Christian, but now with wokeness and stuff, you know, current dictionaries redefining terms. I don't think Miriam Webster's dictionary right now, the definitions are written by Christians, so it's probably when it's talking about a state of well-being, it's thinking in terms of kind of a material type of thing. Like, okay, you know, you're happy because you're financially well off, you're not in pain, you're not just, hey, everything's good. Um, Material, like, speaking of finances, health, whatever. It's just, hey, I'm happy because things are good. And a pleasurable or satisfying experience. So, you know, someone goes on a nice vacation or, you know, goes to the gym and they feel invigorated or, you know, just they eat a nice meal and they feel happy. So it's a pleasurable experience. So, (laughs) so yeah, what that seems to me is that the definition of happiness here has to do with like a natural expected response to present conditions <laughs> like why wouldn't someone be i mean everyone has different tastes but hey if something meets your current expectations for euphoria or something hey you're happy <laughs> that's what it seems like happiness is as defined by the current dictionaries so do you think with that happiness is more of a feeling mm, yeah i think so mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I was wondering too. Like joy seems like it's more of a, I don't know if mindset would be the right Mm. word. And that's where I'm thinking like state of being, like it's more factual. Like joy is like, Mm. yeah, it involves more. It affects all of you. (laughs) Whereas happiness is something that's fleeting. It's temporary. Mm. It's, you know, like you said, based on what the environment brings you, <laughs> like yeah. it can change. And <laughs> joy is something that is a truth. It's there no matter what. And especially as a Christian, because I think, again, that comes back to because we have that security in our salvation. Yes, definitely. So you are. And I know we were just looking at some verses in the Bible where joy shows up in kind of situations where you think a 
atheistic materialist wouldn't write the word joy if they were giving an account of these things, but the Bible seems to put the word joy in kind of unexpected contexts, and so we can get an idea about what biblical joy would be compared to happiness from reading some verses. So, yeah, as you point out, happiness seems to be like a response to present conditions where it seems to me like joy, biblical joy, is maybe a source, you know, so happiness is a response, joy is a source, you know, so kind of like, think of like a fountain, also happiness is in some ways surface level, and joy is more deep, you know, there's a depth there to your soul, and happiness is a response. Joy is like a fountain flowing from the inside. So it is a source of what might result in feelings, but it's deeper than just feelings. <laughs> oh, I like that picture. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> And I kind of get that idea from reading some of these verses. So you're ready to go for some Bible verses, sweetheart, so we could get an idea about joy from the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. So I scoured some verses from the New Testament. This is kind of in New Testament canon book order that we have. So starting in Acts 5.41 is referring to the disciples. It says that they departed from the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. So the disciples, Peter, James, and John, such they were brought before the religious council, the Jews, the Sanhedrin, who forbade them from preaching in the name of Jesus and threatening them like bad things are going to happen to you if you don't stop preaching in Jesus name but yet they left the council knowing that they had enemies there and yet they were rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for the name of Christ now yeah <laughs> I don't know how happy they were technically as far as the feeling goes, but the feeling, I'm sure they had feelings that came from what was bubbling up inside them. The joy, the fountain that was inside them, the fountain of truth, because Jesus told them, you're going to suffer for my name's sake, but be joyful. And so they were, and it was kind of like, okay, what was put to the test, what Jesus said would happen to them, now, since it's happening, they feel like, hey, we're on the right side here. <laughs> we're following what Jesus said, and so we're experiencing it. So we know we're on the right side, and that's the joy that they have. Because they know that better things await them in the future. And I think that's another one of those differences between joy and happiness, is that joy is based on a future outlook. It's based on future promises and certainty there, whereas happiness is based on fleeting present conditions. <laughs> I think that is an interesting verse, too, to think about that their joy comes from an act of selflessness. Mm, yes. Like they know they're going to be persecuted, but it's for the cause because they know they need to get the message of Jesus Christ mm. out. And I think that happiness is more focused on oneself, pleasing oneself, making yourself feel good. Mm. 
And so it's so much more Mm self-focused. Whereas joy, like it makes you like care for other people's well-being. Oh yeah, that's another good point there. And I actually did see that kind of thing in the dictionary, I think, or some article I was reading that might have been like a secular psychology article or something, but I mentioned that trying to define a difference between happiness and joy in this article's mind, or whatever, if I could say it that way, that happiness was solely a self-experience where like one experiences happiness for something that applies to oneself, but someone can experience joy for another's well-being. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I think that's another point of distinction between happiness and joy. I think you were going to bring up a verse too that kind of mentions or demonstrates how selflessness is an example of joy, that Jesus even endured the cross Mm. and called that, he counted it as joy. Because he loved us so much that he (laughs) was willing to sacrifice himself (laughs) for us. Yeah. And so I think that's another picture of just how joy creates this act of selflessness. (laughs) Yeah. Definitely, so you are. I got another verse from Acts about the disciples here. Now, this was. The first one I brought up was before Paul's conversion, so it's the disciples of Jesus. And now here, Acts chapter 13, verses 50 through 52, says, But the Jews stirred up the devout and honorable women and the chief men of the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of their coasts. But they shook off the dust of their feet against them and came unto Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. (laughs) So that's pretty interesting. They shook off the dust against these people who rejected the message there. And they were persecuted and thrown out of the city there. But they were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. And so there's another link for biblical joy. And there's several verses, some of the verses that I also have link being filled with joy with or joy coming from the Holy Spirit inside you. So I think that brings to light another thing. The Holy Spirit or sealed with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit indwells us. And so the Holy Spirit is likely that fountain that gives us the joy, you know, mm-hmm. because we know what we can look forward to. We're based on truth or based on hope. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sharon Wilharm, host of All God's Women podcast and internationally syndicated radio show. I'd love to invite you to join me as we bring to life the stories of women in the Bible and discover their relevance for our lives today. Listen at allgodswomen.com, your favorite podcast platform, or at christianpodcastcommunity.org. So I thought this verse was really interesting. Uh, Romans 14, verse 17, it says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Because mm-hmm. I think this is something to think about where God never promises or tells us one day you're going to have peace and happiness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He promises us joy because Mm. joy is something that's eternal. It's lasting Mm. and it brings peace and righteousness. And (laughs) I just thought this was a cool verse to to see (laughs) that that is what he gives us when we look forward to what heaven will be like. 
Yeah, definitely, sweetheart. And I think this verse kind of seems to show the difference between happiness and joy there because it's like when I read, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. And I think of meat and drink, it's talking about conditions that would give you happiness. You know, like, oh, you know, I get to enjoy this meal or or being able to enjoy like good food and drink and stuff like that. Like sushi. I like sushi. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Sushi definitely gives us happiness. (laughs) Sorry. It doesn't give everyone happiness, but we both agree it gives us happiness. (laughs) And shout out to Andrew Rappaport there who likes sushi as well. (laughs) And to all others in the Christian podcast community of which Truth Espresso is a member podcast, all of those out there who like sushi (laughs) and that sushi brings you happiness. But the point is when the apostle Paul is saying the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, it's not things that just give you happiness, but it's righteousness, which isn't always easy and peace. Sometimes it's hard to have peace when there's conflict, but you can have peace in the unity of the faith and truth and joy in the Holy Spirit. So regardless if you're in a situation where you can enjoy the happiness of food, fun, and fellowship, you can have joy in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Next verse I have here is 2 Corinthians 7, 4, where the Apostle Paul tells the Corinthian church, Great is my boldness of speech toward you. Great is my glorying of you. I am filled with comfort. I am exceeding joyful in all our tribulation. (laughs) What? (laughs) How can you be exceeding joyful in all our tribulation? (laughs) Well, yeah, that's where we say that joy is not based on present conditions because with joy in the Holy Spirit, what you're looking for goes beyond your present situation. You know, so yeah, I'm experiencing this. This is rough, but the things that I look forward to, (laughs) the promises that I look forward to, as the Apostle Paul mentions, you know, the present suffering is but a little while and it's not worthy to be compared for, you know, the things to come. I know I'm butchering the verse, I forget, you know, (laughs) but yeah, so that's the point that, you know, the present situation, you can have joy in difficult circumstances because they don't define our promises for the future and our hope in Christ. That's why one of my favorite verses I'm trying to remember, I'm really bad at references. I think it's in Hebrews saying that hope is an anchor for our soul. And I think I kind of view joy as a type of anchor too. It's more Mm -hmm. like a foundation. And so the joy part of it doesn't change with what you're going through, Mm -hmm. whereas happiness does change depending on what you're going through. And same with peace. Like, I mean, sometimes we think, okay, peace has to be a feeling, but peace is deeper than that. That's Mm -hmm. something that the Holy Spirit gives you despite Mm -hmm. what is going on. And I think that these are things that make it unique for Christians to go through things. And that's where the Holy Spirit can also use people in the faith to be a light to the world because sometimes they'll recognize 
that, okay, you're handling the situation differently. What's different about you? Can you tell me like why you seem so at peace in Mm -hmm. the midst of this disaster? And I think that that's something that the Holy Spirit just works in us. And it isn't necessarily something that you have to work hard to try and get and (laughs) keep trying to get it and keep trying to get it. (laughs) And that's where sometimes we can feel like we're failing or we're not enough because I don't feel that joy right now. And it's like, okay, but it's not a feeling. Yeah, exactly. That's something that is deeper and yeah. that's God's promise that he gives you joy. And <laughs> hopefully you're okay if I go out of order with verses. But oh. I was just thinking that <laughs> So in Psalms 30 oh, yeah. verse 5, the first part is kind of interesting, but <laughs> I'll just read the whole thing. For his anger endureth but a moment, and his favor is life. This is the part I want to get to. Oh, yeah. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Mm, yes. I just love that picture <laughs> of joy coming in the morning because yeah. God doesn't say we're not going to have hard times. We're not going to be happy all the time. We're going to have times of weeping. We're going to have times of tribulations like we've mm. talked about these other verses, but we don't get stuck there. Mm-hmm. Like. It's a short time and we have that hope, we have that promise that just as the morning comes again and we don't do anything to cause that sun to rise up, but that next morning we have that hope and that assurance that we're going to have joy again. And not that it was ever lost, but (laughs) it's easier to recognize it again. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yeah, I like that Oh, yeah. And I, I know I saw that when I was looking for verses and so So good job thinking that verse, sweetheart. And you pointed out that joy was something the Holy Spirit gives. So I have a verse for that. Nice. Galatians 5.22. <laughs> and you probably know what this is. <laughs> but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and so on. So... Mm. Yeah, that's why I say joy is linked to the Holy Spirit indwelling you because it's a fruit of the Spirit. That's why joy can be something given, something inside you that is not dependent on current circumstances because the Holy Spirit lives inside us. The Holy Spirit gives us joy. It's a fruit of the Spirit. You ready for your quiz? <laughs> oh, you, you got one for this episode too, huh, sweetheart? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> okay, so which book in the Bible references the word joy the most? Psalms? <laughs> no, it's not. Oh, it's not Psalms? Okay. <laughs> Psalm had the second highest number, but... Oh, okay, so I was somewhat close on that. <laughs> uh, let's see, so... I got the second one. Let me get the first one. Uh, The Gospel of John? No. Okay. (laughs) I know I was reading and Jesus would use the word joy a lot in chapter 15, I think. John 15 Mm -hmm. or so. Say this to you that your joy might be full and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Well, you said love a lot too, but okay. Oh, what could it be? <laughs> Revelation. No, I was just kidding. <laughs> Genesis. <laughs> okay, I give up. <laughs> it's actually not even mentioned. I mean, at least when I looked it up until First Samuel, I think was the first book that it's mentioned. Okay, so Isaiah. 
Oh, well. <laughs> is the book that mentions the word joy the most. Mm, at 24 times. <laughs> the Psalms was at 19 times. Oh, yeah. And then Luke was the third <laughs> and mentions it 10 times. Mm, so I thought nice. that was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Just thinking like how, I mean, the book of Isaiah is. Yeah. You know, prophesying. Yeah, exactly. Jesus coming. And so I just think like hmm. it's just a good example of how huh. we're talking about joy is part of our hope. And Yeah. So um, when it comes to prophecy and stuff, that's where joy comes in. Yes. <laughs> One last thing. Oh, yeah. Do you know what the acronym for joy is? <laughs> oh, well, it's been a while. Or <laughs> is the J for Jesus? Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, our <laughs> Jesus, our oh. Oh. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, there probably could be a few. <laughs> so I think it was kind of interesting that to have joy, you're supposed to put Jesus first, mm. others oh, next, okay. and yourself last. Oh, okay. <laughs> and <laughs> then you, you experience joy, <laughs> which we were talking about how joy is selfless. Yeah. And then I'm like, hmm, I wonder if there's a cool acronym for happy. <laughs> <laughs> the one that I found, I mean, there's some silly ones, but this one seems somewhat appropriate. Have a peak pleasure year. <laughs> and I was just thinking, yep, <laughs> happiness is about yourself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and about having prosperity as far as, yeah, like, hope this year you're prosperous, you know. Yes. <laughs> Prospero año y felicidad. <laughs> <laughs> Well, good job on this week's trivia. <laughs> good job on it. Well, I didn't get the first one there, but <laughs> hey, I got the You're second. You're supposed to take the compliment. <laughs> <laughs> so, I got the second one so I can rejoice in that. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> let's see. So the next verse I want to get is 1 Thessalonians two nineteen through 20. And I think this one is interesting because we see more of how joy is linked to other words. So I think there's a good link, almost like I can think of how joy and hope can be synonyms, biblically speaking. So 1 Thessalonians two nineteen through 20 says, For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For ye are our glory and joy. So the Apostle Paul seems to make hope and joy almost like synonyms and saying that his converts there, you know, his fellow believers, they are his joy and his hope. <laughs> at, and he mentions, you know, the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ that is coming. So there's that future expectation, future promises that are the basis of our hope and joy. <laughs> Let's see. Next verse from Hebrews. So I'm getting to more of Hebrews and then the verse that you looked forward to promises and future expectations and stuff like that. <laughs> so Hebrews 10:34 the writer says for you had compassion of me in my bonds and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods knowing in yourselves that you have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. So yeah, there we go. It's like they took joyfully the spoiling like the destruction or the of their crops, their goods, their, you know, livelihoods there. 
How could they do that joyfully? Well, the writer explains that they have in heaven a better and enduring substance. So, yeah, there's once again more of why you can have joy in difficult situations because you have a future expectation and promise there. It's another interesting, like, okay, who was the writer to the Hebrews that they had compassion of me and my bonds? But <laughs> leave that as an exercise for the listener. But <laughs> okay. And now there's the verse that you brought up, sweetheart. Do you want to bring it up? Hebrews 12, 2? <laughs> sure. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. This is a really, really wonderful verse there as an example of joy. And who better is an example of joy than the Savior Jesus Christ himself? (laughs) Don't you think it's interesting that it says like who for the joy? Mm. Because there's the picture, Mm -hmm. the scene where Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. Yeah weeping (laughs) and asking God to take this cup from him. So there's that struggle. It wasn't Mm. all happy, smiley, (laughs) you know, skipping to be crucified type of thing. This was something that was very difficult for him. Mm. So how could he have been, I mean, sweating out blood, having all that stress and still say that it was joy for him to do that. And that's where I think it's just such an amazing picture of seeing that joy is such a deeper level of thing. And it's sacrificial. Oh, yes, definitely. Sacrificial, deep. And then once again, it's like, okay, the joy that was set before him. It's kind of like he's looking ahead. You know, it's like, here comes the achievement. Here's the prize. Here's the sacrifice will result in. I can do this because this will be the result. Because I think of Jesus' life, you know, where it's like he says in his ministry, he says to his disciples, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. You know, like he goes to this ministry where, yeah, he gets a lot of fans and he does a lot of miracles, but he gets a lot of enemies. He tells his disciples You know, I must be taken, arrested, and tried before rulers and put to death and on the third day rise from the dead. And, you know, so he's looking forward to that. But because of joy, you know, he can despise that shame. He can endure the cross. I don't think he was very happy on the cross, (laughs) but he had joy (laughs) in the midst of that pain because he knew what this was going to bring about. And as you said, joy involves sacrifice. You can have joy because you're doing something for the good of other people. So one more verse that I think is another one of my favorite verses (laughs) about joy. Oh, yeah. So Nehemiah 8.10, just like the last part of the joy of the Lord is my strength. Oh, yeah. And I think that just even thinking about Jesus on the cross, that the joy that God gave him was his strength like that gave him the strength to go through Mm. being crucified because like you said he knew what this was going to do for mankind and i think that's just something that's amazing about how joy works in the christian's life is that it's something that it gives us strength 
And I think that that's another distinguishing factor between happiness and joy because happiness makes you feel vulnerable and weak because Mm -hmm. you don't know when is that next thing going to come to make me happy. And so it can be this like, oh, I'm not sure. I feel like I'm walking on eggshells type of thing. Mm. Whereas joy gives you strength that you know, like you're sure about it. Mm -hmm. I just like that verse too. (laughs) And I think that kind of flows into my final verse here, which uh, is James 1, 2. (laughs) Where James quite boldly tells the readers, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations or referring to testings trials Mm -hmm. so wait count it all joy when that happens to you well definitely that's not where you find happiness but (laughs) james explains about that knowing that the trying of your faith produces patience and patience will have her perfect work that you're perfect or complete and entire lacking nothing and so it's kind of like saying you know yay i get (laughs) like rejoice that i get to go through trials and tribulations because you know as far as the christian life and the rewards and promises they make me better (laughs) so it's like (laughs) that's definitely not where the world would find its happiness but yeah that's biblical joy right there (laughs) castle rock women's health is a pro-women and pro-life clinic and ministry serving women of all ages and backgrounds in the community of castle rock colorado and the surrounding areas castle rock women's health offers well women care prenatal care extended postpartum care licensed clinical christian counseling fertility awareness hormone therapy childbirth classes STI testing and treatment, ultrasounds, and even the abortion pill reversal. Castle Rock Women's Health uses your generosity to offer services at little to no cost for many women in situations where insurance is not available. But Castle Rock Women's Health needs your help. To serve women better in the community, Castle Rock Women's Health is looking to move into a new office please consider a charitable donation to help Castle Rock Women's Health offer life-affirming care and reach more women with the love of Jesus Christ by going to givesendgo.com forward slash crwh. That's givesendgo.com forward slash crwh and be a blessing to women in need. For more information about Castle Rock Women's Health, please visit our website at crwomenshealth.com. Thank you so much. I think it might be good too to just to encourage anyone who's listening that might be struggling with feeling down or depressed or anxious that that does not change our position or our standing as Christians. Like we are sealed with the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. And that this is just like, you know, the verse we read that weeping may come in the night, but joy comes in the morning. Like this is just a season. This is a time that you're going through and it doesn't change your status as God's child. It's not saying that you are a bad Christian because you don't have joy at this moment. Like I think so often we think that joy has to be that feeling Mm, of happiness. 
And again, that is not it. Joy is the long term, the long haul, Mm, the ultimate knowledge that you know you are God's child and that you are going to experience full joy when we no longer have the flesh and we no longer have sin and Mm, death and all that that can bring us down easily. (laughs) But yeah, I just really want to encourage people out there that may be struggling with that because that can be a hard place to be. Mm. And just knowing that God is with you where you're at right now. And he wants you to know that that joy will Mm. come. Oh, yes. And and that, yeah, as you mentioned, sweetheart, because that could be really difficult even for Christians when they're going through really tough times. We can experience deep depression. You know, we can go through that. We can experience that. But the joy inside may not be manifested in feelings, but it's a hope, as we saw. Like, God, I know you're there. I am not feeling good. I'm feeling stressed. But there's that joy inside that it's the hope that you cling to it's like i look forward to the day you know mm-hmm. when all of this will be gone forever and so yeah that's the joy that we have i don't feel happy right now but i do have that joy inside i want to reach down and grab it and cling to it you know sometimes like that and yeah so just because you don't feel euphoric doesn't mean you don't have joy christian joy is a fruit of the holy spirit living inside you and <laughs> Well, I think the book of Psalms is a great Mm. picture to see how, you know, King David, God called him a man after his own heart. And you see how David struggled with times of depression or hopelessness and just feeling down. And then he would focus on God and then you would see him regain his strength again and have that joy come more present in his life. And I think that Psalms is, a lot of times we think of Psalms like, oh, we need to look at the happy verses and sing the songs of praise and stuff which is great but also just taking in the whole picture of it of the ups and downs that david went through and yet god could still call him a man after his own heart because i don't know i think to me david is neat and that he was just so like realistic he's like i'm saying all nitty-gritty ugly like (laughs) I'm down right now, but okay, now I'm doing better. Okay, I'm down again. And it's just like really nice to see that God was still with him and worked with him in each of those places in the valleys and going up the mountain and on the mountaintops. (laughs) God will never leave you. He's always with you. And hopefully that gives you hope. And I know that as Christians, the Holy Spirit is always there trying to encourage and try and comfort and make that joy a reality. Good thoughts there. And so to recap, the difference between happiness and biblical joy, well, happiness is a state of feeling based on present conditions, based on external present conditions. But biblical joy is a state of hope based on future promises. So I hope that this episode was a good encouragement to you, Christian, to remember joy and that we don't base our faith 
and our hope in what makes us feel happy, what makes us feel euphoric. We don't base it on present conditions. We base it on the promises of God. And that is what helps us to get through the trials and tribulations, the stresses, the difficulties. And yet don't feel bad if you don't feel (laughs) that present... warm fuzzies (laughs) you know that doesn't mean you've lost the joy the joy is much deeper than that you can feel awful and know that you have joy the joy that's the fruit of the spirit because that is what we cling to that fruit of the spirit that gives us the hope for future reality future promises that are based on the person work of jesus christ and so stay tuned to the next episode of truth espresso and god bless thank you for waking up with truth espresso good morning and god bless your day Hey friends, Daniel Minnick here again. If you liked waking up to this episode of Truth Espresso, I would really appreciate it if you would rate it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever application you use to listen to Truth Espresso.